Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! Flicks, hot chicks, and sci-fi book picks. Say what pisses you off, tell us a joke about dicks. In the mix, you got the desk, not telling you where it's at. Stephen Gord, oh my lord, bowing down to bone fat. Podcasting your asses in nerdy, massive classes. Speak the speak of the geek to all the internet masses. Take your glasses off a set, I'm dropping bombs on your dome. In your home, pull your bootstraps up, it's time to burn chrome. Dirty jokes from the nerdy blokes, chewing on them curvy loads. Of that quirky counterculture wrapped up in their wordy show. B-movie holy men, wombat metalhead, politics. Amen, independent artist friend Renaissance casters of the full fan spectrum Nonchalant notables break through the bedlam of bullshit Quick wit, crickets of the populace Vulcan with some Romulus Rolling prime like Optimus Get out of my shop or I'll punch your butt. That's how Tiny Tina wrote. Charlie and them. Charlie's hanging out with them. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, flip the airplane mode. Uh, if you can't reach me, I apologize. Oh, I didn't ignore you, I was in the sky. In disguise, man, you know I got a big surprise. Ask me why, cause I'm trying to build an enterprise. Airplane mode on the go. 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 That's without speaking to my homeboys and my mother. No disrespect is intended, but we got juice to uncover. I'm sleepwalking like Tyler Dirt and destination to be determined. I got the quenchest fire that's burning. We out of here. Like a home runner, center field, better near. Why you don't play locally, man? I found a better deal. Why you don't be coming through? Because you got too comfortable. Stay away your while and find out who really got love for you. Rappers on that Christopher Columbus taking credit, and it's funny. Let them tell it. They apparently discovered you. And that's news to me. And usually my cue to be ghosts like the major in a white wash Quarantined in the lab, writing better jams. Rap Peter Pan gets so fly that I never land. I'm on the tarmac, listening to your hard raps. Charlie Bass hit me like I'm sitting in a car crash. Uh, if you can't reach me, I apologize. I didn't ignore you, I was in disguise. In disguise, man, you know I got a big surprise. Ask me why, cause I'm trying to build an enterprise. Airplane mode on the go. 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 Thank you for your patience. I ain't mean to keep you waiting. But if you needed a favor, so that train is left the station at this time. Make sure your tray tables and seatbacks are adjusted. And if you have a request involving money, let's discuss it. Not in public. Nah. Keep it concealed like the oxygen. Mask that be dropping like my tapes through every ottoman. Place it first. 
firmly on your nose and mouth and although you don't see these dudes expanding believe me yo plenty air be going out but fact is forever in fashion stay securely fastened in case of turbulent action while these rappers be yapping we making it happen and at this time you were free to move about the cabin if you can't reach me i apologize i didn't ignore you i was in the sky in disguise man you know i got a big surprise ask me why cause i'm trying to build an enterprise airplane mode on the go Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 157 of the Bone Bat Show. This is Steve. And this is Gord. How's it going, man? It's going, Steve. Steve. <laughs> Steve, Steve. Steve, Steve, Is there Steve. an echo I, in here? Yeah, there's an echo in here. In my head, in my empty, hollow head. In my head. I was really actually thinking of Pinky and the Brain when the Brain was singing the country song. Don't tell my head, my empty, hollow head. You know, Pinky and the Brain would be better if they sang In My Head by Black Flag. I, I think that would be Pinky really cool. That. that would be really cool. <laughs> no, I have an empty, What are we doing head. tonight, Pinky? Same thing we do every night. Search and destroy. We're drinking and driving. <laughs> We're writing a song about drinking and driving. It's called Drinking and Driving. It is called that. Yeah. Hey, Gord. Now, hey, Steve. How's it uh, going, man? This show's getting off to a stellar start. <laughs> Steve, I got kittens. Yeah, I've heard that. They're terrible. Yeah. You should really, you know, see a doctor about that. <laughs> you know, I thought if I wore a condom, I wouldn't get kittens. <laughs> well, there you'd be wrong. Yeah, turns out, you know, condom only covers so much. <laughs> <laughs> Evidently, not the laundry room. <laughs> not the laundry room. <laughs> <laughs> a condom does not cover the laundry room. That's it doesn't odd. matter Weird. how big the condom is. Yeah, or how small the laundry room is. <laughs> right. That is no way to not get kittens. Yeah, fostering three kittens and uh, not doing it so much because the family likes cats, just doing it because we enjoy having a box of shit in the house. <laughs> um, fostering some kittens because my wife keeps saying that she wants kittens and I'm of the opinion that, you know, they turn into cats and they poop a lot and are a big mess. So this is sort of a in between borrowing some kittens essentially until they find <laughs> permanent homes and oh my god there is just there is just so much feces steve so is this some, some kind of like bullshit 80s sitcom aversion therapy thing you know <laughs> my kid thinks they want to smoke so i'm gonna make him smoke a whole carton and we'll see who's the smoker now we'll see who wants kittens isn't that what your dad did to you when you told him you were gay? <laughs> yeah, not so much. No. He told me Dan, he would love you, me no matter what. You have to censor that. I'm kind of, I'm planning on you cutting that part out. We're not going to have a show where it talks about your dad forcing you to smoke a pack of dicks. <laughs> no matter how true it is. Suddenly, the whole bit got funnier. Yeah, it's a lot like Those that. Those are filtered dicks because... <laughs> I value, I value my lungs. <laughs> <laughs> now, because one of these precious little balls of fluff, and the cutest cat, the lovingest cat, the one that always wants to be held and is completely irresistible because he's tiny and cute and wants nothing more to be held by you, is constantly leaking shit. So <laughs> he's got a situation. <laughs> so... On the bad side, 
because California has truth and pet advertising laws that are pretty stringent. I got to tell you, the cat's leaking shit. <laughs> <laughs> Looks a lot like the deer in uh, Castle Crashers. Oh, that's what we compared him to. Yeah, he's just like the deer in Castle Crashers. Except, weirdly enough, no matter how many times I played that game, I never ruined a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and buckle your pants is from a completely different game. <laughs> a completely different game. And I never wear pants on with the kittens because I don't want them to ruin my pants as well. <laughs> I remember the old days when I wouldn't make decisions like, huh, does this have enough feces on it to justify washing it now, or should I wait till later when it has more feces on it? In the old days, it was more like a question of, oh, this has feces on it. At what temperature should I burn this item of clothing? <laughs> that that kind of reminds me of, you know, when your kids were really young and they would spit up on you, and you absolutely made that like call, like, ah, probably going to get me again later. I'm going to stick with this shirt for a little longer. <laughs> That's right. It's only a little bit of spit up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was yeah, a thing I'm... that happened that I don't have to deal with anymore. Same my, kind my of thing. My teenagers rarely spit up on me. Yeah. Well, wait till they get in college. I did a little bit of, a little bit of spitting up in college. They're never on my parents. <laughs> your pants, though. My pants, your pants, a lot of pants. And that, folks, is a callback right there. That's how you do comedy. <laughs> Are we going to do a show? Yes, let's do a show. Okay. All right, folks. Well, uh, thanks for joining us. Episode 157 of the Bone Bad Show. Uh, this month, uh, early September 2017, uh, I spent a long weekend at Penny Arcade Expo, otherwise known as PAX, which you guys have heard us talk about here before. Uh, I've got some great video game-centric interviews for you as the show continues as well as some awesome music. Uh, right now, we open to the show with Airplane Mode, the brand new jam from Megaran, off his brand new release, Extra Credit. And now you're listening to a bunch of cuts off the Nidhogg 2 soundtrack, which is chock full of awesome electronic music from Mux Mool, Geotic, Osborne, Dose One, and Daedalus. A lot of cool music, which you will hear both uh, backing up that great game and throughout this episode. I hope you enjoy that. Uh, a little later, we're going to have an interview with Random Mega Ran himself, uh, who himself. put on a fantastic show at PAX. And... Uh, We'll have other cool music to share with you. So we've got that in the bag. But first, hey, Gord. Hey, Steve. What pisses you off, man? This is what pisses me off, Steve. Today. Today pisses me off. Today, 9-12-2017? Yes, because uh, this was the day that the two-week delayed release of <laughs> XCOM 2 was coming out on the Xbox, the expensive DLC for the program I know and love and I planned on taking the day off and playing that game stayed up till midnight got my little code typed the little code in so it would start downloading I saw the little file went to bed got up in the morning only to discover could not play XCOM 2 the I don't even know what is this thing called the the chosen of the wrath of the fallen of the distant cousin fourth removed <laughs> I don't care what it's called. I wanted to play it. I couldn't because there was some issue with the, the placeholder file with, is what they accidentally uploaded to everybody instead of the actual 42 gigabyte thing you needed to download, which I would have done overnight. So this morning, I had to unplug the Xbox completely from the wall, 
count to fuck you and then plug it back in and then begin the download which on my internet took from about 8 in the morning until about 3 in the afternoon and as you may have figured out by now that doesn't mean I got to spend the day playing this game I I had a meeting in the afternoon that I had to attend so I did that instead of playing I, uh, I had another meeting this evening that I had to attend. I did that instead of playing. And now I'm doing a goddamn podcast instead of playing. I understand. Me off, man. Yeah, that's you, terrible. You don't understand. You gave me shit about it all day long. I did, absolutely. You totally made fun of me. In because my you act business. like it's vital that you play this game today. And yet, it's, it's been out on the PC for two weeks. And you own a gaming PC. So I, I don't know why you would not just pony up and buy the thing for your PC. That's what puzzles me most. I have to say. Because I'd have to buy the thing again and then buy the DLC for that thing on the PC. I already had it on the Xbox One. It was it was going to be fine. But why did you fine. buy it on the Xbox One in the first place? Because I played XCOM on the Xbox One. Uh, and it just seemed natural to go to XCOM 2. And okay. I'm doing XCOM 2 Wrath of Khan. <laughs> well, no, you're not. Actually. On the same place. You're right. I'm talking to your <laughs> dumbass. Not to put instead. too fine a point on it, but you're not playing video games right now. Oh, that's right. I'm doing exactly what I want to right yeah, now. That's right. To this kitten. <laughs> well, soon you'll be in the loving arms of cryptid aliens and whatnot. I hope so. <laughs> Steve. Yeah. I, I almost hesitate to ask based on how your year has gone, but. but <laughs> What pisses you off this time? You know, actually, uh, I'm not. I mean, right now, uh, things are not too bad. Knock on wood. So I don't, I don't have too much that's pissing me off. But uh, you don't have like a, a blood penis parasite going on, or no, something? no, no, not today. Dick hasn't fallen off. Which dick leprosy? That was next on the list I, that I was afraid of. But uh, no. You know what? Well, this this isn't a huge what pisses me off, but you know how it packs. Normally, you go and you you kind of get your school clothes. Like you demo a bunch of games, and people are giving you T-shirts left and right, and you're like, "Sweet, I've got new video game T-shirts." This year, not a single T-shirt was to be found. It was almost like hot and cold running T-shirts. It was almost like everybody got together and said, "You know, fuck those guys. We're not giving away (laughs) T-shirts anymore. It's too expensive." Was it something else like underwear? No, it was just there was a a market lack of T-shirts, and I sort of looked around to see, you know, hey, is everybody? Maybe I'm just going to the wrong demos. Are people wearing cool shirts? Yeah, are are there a bunch of people who were wearing the same shirt? And there wasn't. It was like, and there were people that were wearing shirts from previous years, though. So next year, a whole bunch of people are going to be topless, and that'll be this year's shirt. Yeah, which was really odd. So I don't know. You know, Telltale Games wasn't here this year, and they are always good about it. They'd have like a new shirt every day. So maybe without Telltale there to sort of set the T-shirt bar... The other developers like didn't have to keep up, and that was why you didn't have T-shirts this year. That's a low-down, dirty shame, Steve. But, but now I got to buy my own clothing, which kind of pisses what? me off. Yeah, that's terrible. Oh, <laughs> All right, well, uh, why don't we listen to a tune before we do a little more PAX talk? 
Let's do that. Let's dig out something from Mega Rand's <laughs> brand new release, Extra Credit. This is Eyes on Your Own Paper. Oh, I love that one. Another day. I look into my inbox and don't want to respond Cause it's the same message that I've been dodging It's a fan saying, yo, Rand, it's been way too long You should probably be dropping new singles more often But every minute a new rapper is born His daddy passing out mixtapes at his junior prom My team's pretty talented, but at what cost? Now we fight for a feature post on the same block My last couple tour mates bring them out by the throng Make me ponder and speculate on what I'm doing wrong Spent the early years trying to fit in and belong And it took me just as long to get and move on, so I'm gone on my own like Patty B. I notice when I focus on whoever's mad at me, I just wind up putting it in the music. But this isn't just counterproductive, it's stupid. So you'll get it when it's finished. I insist, eyes on your paper, man. Vacate my business. Been in this for years. I fail and I try again. Like Ric Flair's title ways. I'm just saying, don't take this as hating. I'm patient, but they think me waiting. Negating my rating, debating who I'm above or below. It's nonsense when we all got things to accomplish. Regardless, we all keep marching. Boston from Boston to Austin. Yeah, we going hard till we tossed in the coffin. Caution, I don't look back unless I'm parallel park. You go each meat, sun, sheep. But what works for you might not work for me. So keep your eyes on your paper till the test is complete. So keep your eyes on your paper till the test is complete. You go each meat, sun, sheep. But what works for you might not work for me. So keep your eyes on your paper till the test is complete. So keep your eyes on your paper till the test is complete. They say comparisons the thief of joy. I told a hamburger you ain't getting under mine. I got that life for like a slow machine to ADT. What you eat don't make me shit. Get your gravy, baby. What you driving pushing me because I understand. That kind of gas ain't putting nothing in my minivan. From school bus to tour bus to driving mom alive. I'm past the point to hit the mark and say that I've arrived. I've been here. I'm going to be here. You heard, Wody? Accolades and respect as a young shorty. Accolades and respect as an elder statesman. Even if I'm not included with the all-time break. Man, I've been great the whole time, my people know Calling me underrated, that's just irresponsible Don't worry about if I'm included in the almanac Just go somewhere and rate me higher now for all of that I get paid, I go broke, and I'll be right back Blow up my Death Star, my empire strikes back See, I've been opening for cats that once open for me Some will feel the way, I'm just glad I paved the way I invent, patent, reinvent, patent Till you see a pattern, kinda like Saturn Running rings, lapping fools, giving swirlies Local, international, or otherworldly Stagnant form of contemporaries are surly But once they get it, they can get there, surely Your only real competition is your effing self And failure was just a lesson for the next game Defeating myself, not being a self-defeatist See, I'm elite in my craft, but still not in the leaders So lead us not into temptation Deliver us from hype beats Dick riding the new sensation Tagging along like Dick Grayson Robbing yourself, cause my time and patience ain't for wasting You go each Sun sheep, but what works for you might not work for me. So keep your eyes on your paper till the test is complete. So keep your eyes on your paper till the test is complete. You go each meat, sun sheep, but what works for you might not work for me. So keep your eyes on your paper till the test is complete. So keep your eyes on your paper till the test is complete. Caught fighting, I thought that he was 
exciting. Plagiarizing without citing. Turns out he wasn't writing those nice things. Rapper happier than clams at high tide. To see a dude broke down so they can drive by. And wave bye bye to what once was a live guy. Piled on like high fries at five guys. But you know one thing that I noticed, him getting demoted didn't bring me a promotion. Drown one in the ocean, find ten of us floating. Yep, so people want to watch the world burn. They'll be the ones to whip the camera phones out. It's like a soap opera as the world turns. But as for me, I gotta take care of my own house. Rap game, Cadbury, I'm past worry out. Take my humble pie with extra raspberries. Eyes on your paper like it's test time. Got 99 problems, and guess what? They're just mine. My choices, my failures, my decisions, my lesson, my path, my business. Steve from the Bone Bat Show here at PAX 2017, and joining me now very briefly is the amazing Mega Rand. How you doing, man? Yo, I'm good. Steve, how are you? I'm just fantastic. I have to tell you something. I first saw you perform here in this very building in a little conference room downstairs at the I MAGFest that. The stage. Space, yeah. yeah, it was it was you and Kay Murdoch and a laptop. Mm-hmm. And last Friday, I got to see you take the main stage at PAX for the first time. The it full was circle incredible. evolution. Incredible. You. you leveled up in a massive way, and all those songs like Dream Master and Splash Woman looked like they belonged on that stage, mm. like they had been on the big stage the whole time. It was fantastic. Man. Wow. Thank you. And that's something I never dreamed about when I wrote those songs, like being able to play them on a huge stage with a band and like just hearing them at, in their full glory, you know, it's just, it's awesome, you know, and, you and it's just, here. it's really cool to see. You like, got the NPC Collective, all your friends there with you, kind of a nerdcore Wu-Tang clan, it's fantastic. <laughs> yes, nerdcore Wu-Tang, I like that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like when you, the best way to celebrate successes are with the people who helped you get there, you know. Absolutely. And those folks have been grinding so long, I was like, you know what, we're going to all celebrate this victory together. Absolutely. But one of the things, I've just picked up uh, Extra Credit, your brand oh. new release. And i got to say, I haven't spent a lot of time with it yet, obviously. But it, it is clearly a, a mature personal work from a guy who spent a long time teaching people critical thinking. Huh. That is the truth. I'm so glad you were able to pick that up from it. Yeah, I feel like I found a bit of a groove or a sweet spot where I'm just so comfortable with both myself and, and the content and where I've come from. When I spent a long time, you know, being, you know, not necessarily ashamed, but just kind of, you know, just hesitant to share that now I feel like I'm at a point of comfort where I'm able to share my story because I know that someone out there is living the same story and wouldn't mind, you know, having someone uh, speak from their perspective. And that's really what I try to think about now. Absolutely. Well, one of my favorite lines, I think it's on uh, Old Enough. Is that it? Old Old Enough. enough, Old Enough is... uh, I'm not afraid of death, but I don't want to be there when it happens. And I just thought that was a fantastic line. That is the truth. Um, yeah, absolutely. Gosh, that's a that's an um, variation of a one-liner that I heard from. Gosh, I don't know if it was George Burns or someone <laughs> right. who said something similar to that, and I was just like, "Wow, that's so good!" And so, kind of reworked it, and uh, it's really it's true. You know, I feel like. Death is not something we're afraid of, but at the same time, we don't want it to be us, Absolutely. you know? So, yeah. And as you get older, you know... My, you start uh, to think about that. You, you start thinking about it. I've got to be honest, and I never thought I would, but I, as soon as I turned 40, 
yeah. I literally just started thinking about mortality more. And so, you know, just wanting to leave a, a, a cool footprint behind, if, if, if nothing else. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Well, uh, thank you again for joining us on the show. One last question. Yeah. I always ask, as you know, all of our guests on the Bone Bad Show, Mega Ram, what pisses you off, man? <sighs> yeah, no, nothing really pisses me off, but since we're at a convention, and PAX is one of the better conventions, here's something that pisses me off. But they actually have signs here to try to avoid it. The, the person who, in the middle of a long line, stops in order to look at something cool that's in front of them or above their head or a cosplayer that they want to take a photo of or even their cell phone or even their cell phone (laughs) just stops right in traffic uh that really grinds my gears and uh, and i mean that's that's just one thing that it's 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 more rampant at comic conventions i I feel like pax doesn't quite have that issue and yeah. maybe because they do have signs asking people to keep the traffic moving. And maybe it's more of a because the enforcers too. And they have enforcers they got to people say, to, "Hey, keep people whose job it is to keep the gears moving smoothly." Yes. So I do feel like it's a problem. Not as big of a problem here, though. Fantastic. Well, thanks <laughs> again, man. Congratulations on just another great album, an excellent concert, and happy birthday, man. Oh, thank you so much. No better place I'd rather spend my birthday than with you on the Bone Bash Show. <laughs> All right. <laughs> thanks. We are back once again. Uh, that was Eyes on Your Own Paper by Mega Ran. Leading into our interview with the man himself, thank you again so much to Mega Ran for making some time for me. He was crazy busy, and this interview happened on the fly in just a few minutes, and I'm so glad to have had the opportunity to speak with him. So uh, thanks. Uh, again, go to random.bandcamp.com for all your Mega Ran musical needs. Following that, uh, we had another cut from Bit Brigade, who put on a fantastic session this year, playing Castlevania, the Batman game, 
and DuckTales, of all things. So uh, it was a great show and a lot of fun to hear them rock out again. And that tune was the end credits from Mega Man 2 in honor of Mega Ran. Oh, man. So uh, just to uh, give you a little rundown on PAX, uh, once again, the uh, whole family, we were able to get tickets this year. And uh, that was a crazy story in and of itself. But uh, we managed to all be able to attend uh, for uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And it was really cool because, you know, as I mentioned before, everybody has their own interests. So my daughter is into cosplay, and she dressed up as Princess Peach and actually got on the, like, front page of the local TV station website with her costume with her friend. It was really cool. It was, like, picture-perfect cosplay. She did a wonderful job. Yeah, Uh, she looked great. Meanwhile, my son and I uh, did a lot of console free play. My wife was there. Uh, She had a good time, too. Uh, I was able to run around and demo a bunch of new games. Uh, And uh, it was just a great time. On Friday, uh, of course, they have press hour the first hour, and they let uh, everybody in a little bit early. And so I had an opportunity to play uh, Super Mario Odyssey, which comes out on October 27th from Nintendo. Uh, It's a game for the Switch. And... uh, definitely a sandbox Mario game, which was kind of cool. There were two different demos you could play. You could play the combat platforming demo or you could play the sandbox demo and I did that where you explored this city and uh, different art style. The people looked not photorealistic, but kind of not exactly like the normal roundy Nintendo characters and uh, you would run around and do different missions for them trying to make the townspeople happy. So it was kind That's of a, good because photorealistic Wario would freak me out. Yeah, that'd be kind of disturbing, wouldn't it? So that was a lot of fun. Uh, it was only about a ten-minute demo, so you just barely got to dip your toe in. But I'm looking forward to playing that, and I'm looking forward to playing more on the Switch. So finally, got my Switch repaired and returned to me, and it's a great little system, dude. If I had a nickel for every time I've heard of that, I played a bunch of Mario Kart while waiting in lines at PAX and, you know, waiting for things to start and all that. Played just a ton of Mario Kart 8, and it was great. It's The colors are beautiful and vibrant. The graphics are great, and it's really responsive. It's a really excellent handheld system. So that was the first time I'd kind of taken it out and putting it through its paces, and I thought it performed really well. It's a lot of fun, so I would definitely oh, cool. recommend it. I played that. I played Mario Kart, and I played uh, Shovel Knight which I had not played before. It's kind of an 8-bit throwback, and that's a kick, too. So both games were a lot of fun, and I had a great time. Cool. Uh, Following that, I played uh, Dishonored. There's another, you know, Dishonored 2 just came out, like, I don't know, within the last year. And Dishonored Death of the Outsider was a new demo that they were playing there. It's kind of a standalone game with different characters uh, using the same powers and stealth kills and uh, supernatural weapons that you have in Dishonored. So it looks like kind of more of the same. I played a demo of that, had a lot of fun with it. I could definitely see myself picking that up. And then uh, Uncharted, you know, Uncharted 4 just came out recently and they've already got a follow-up to that called Lost Legacy. And uh, I played the demo for that on the PlayStation 4 and uh, finished the demo in time. Uh, the guy that I was working with said I was the first person to actually finish the demo that he had worked with. So how about that? And you say you are impressive. And you say I suck at video games. <laughs> you do. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you happen to be the only person to play the game that day. But. Yeah, yeah that, that very well could be. Or he was just trying to make me feel good. But. Yeah, he says that to all the boys, Steve. But it's a lot of fun. You know, the same thing. You're climbing up cliffs and shooting at people and swinging on ropes. And it's a blast. It's like being in an Indiana Jones game. The Uncharted games are always top quality. And uh, look forward to playing a little more of that as well. Uh, the other games I demoed on Friday was a game called Arrowheads, which was interesting. It is a four-player sort of a, a quick combat game. The sessions that we were playing were five to ten minutes long. And you were running around a map trying to shoot your opponents with bows. And so the arrows kind of arc. So there's yeah. a lot of physics to it. You're on the run as you're running around and you're shooting. You can pick up different kinds of arrows, like explosive arrows, or one of them is rubber chickens. There's less, a bunch of crazy different uh, arrows that you can use to shoot at each other. And if you get killed, you can flop your dead corpse around the map and try to hit one of the people who are still playing. <laughs> So it doesn't take you out of the game. It actually leaves you in there, and you can make some sort of a contribution. That's I, great. I did, of course, come in like fourth of four players in this particular game, but it was a lot of fun. I think it's going to be like... Because you most definitely don't suck at video games. It's going it. to be a four-player, a lot of fun for uh, online play and for uh, if you're all sitting around on a couch. So pretty cool stuff there. That sounds cool. One of the other interesting things I found was uh, mentioning the Switch again. There's a ton of independent development going on for the Switch. And uh, Adult Swim games have stuck their toe in the water here with a brand new game called Battle Chef Brigade, which is kind of interesting. It is a match three game with a combat aspect. So basically, you go out in the woods and you kill animals with your hands and feet. Then you bring the ingredients into the kitchen and you play versus someone else in a match three game to cook up your meal. And then the number of points you score uh, decides how you do, if you beat your opponent or not. It had a really cool sort of art style, sort of like pencil drawn Disney kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. which was really cool and the gameplay was fun it was something like sort of a weird mix that i hadn't seen before but uh, i can like cuphead yeah but I, I could see myself playing a little bit of this on the switch and it was cool to see there was the, this room that they called the nindy room which had i think 15 or 20 independent games that were being designed for the switch and the place had a line around the block at any given time it was an hour or hour and a half wait to play these games so it looks like it's going to have a nice following, and it's cool to see, you know, in addition to, like, paying 60 bucks for Mario or whatever, you're going to have an opportunity to pay 10 or 20 bucks to get a lot of cool independent gaming as well. So I look forward to that on the Switch, you know, being a new system that you're going to have uh, access to a lot of cool games. That's good. That's hardening. Nothing worse than getting, uh, getting a system and finding out no one's making software for it. Absolutely. And then, like uh, owning a Windows phone. One other game that I checked out was from the makers of Mist and Riven. I, I had somehow missed this, but it's a game called Obduction, which came out earlier uh, in 2016. There was a Kickstarter for it, and uh, it released at the end of last year. And it's very much like a beautiful, gorgeous, immersive puzzle quest. Uh, I got to try it out on the Oculus Rift, and just like looking around these 3D vistas was amazing. So I definitely want to play that uh, some more. One of the things that was interesting to me was Mist and Riven were the only games that Julie and I have ever played together. Huh. That, you know, we both sat down on the computer and like solved the puzzles and wrote down notes and stuff and had a great time solving those games. 
So I, I could see us playing this as well and uh, enjoying it. So I look forward to doing that. The one thing, though, is I've got to decide. You know, one of these days I'm going to pick up a VR system. And I'm honestly, I am totally unsure with what I want to do with that. It's like PlayStation seems like the easiest play PSVR. But, you know, a lot of places it's kind of hard to get. Uh, Oculus Rift has come down in price recently. That's selling for like three ninety nine, which is the same price as PSVR. And then there's the Vive, which everybody says is maybe the best of the bunch. But I'm not really sure, does that work with Xbox? Does it work with Xbox and PC? It seems like if I was going to go that route, I want to get something that would be versatile enough to try on different systems because it's kind of a pricey peripheral. Yeah, for sure. You may want to wait a bit on that. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know You know which one's going to win out or, or how it's going to eventually resolve itself. But uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I have no desire to have one yet. There, there's no killer app or anything that makes you think I must own this thing. And I'm looking forward to the day that when they are out, that they interact with anything like a monitor, you know, you can plug it into your phone, your computer, your Xbox, whatever. Yeah. I, I, I hope they don't become this totally proprietary thing where you have to hope that you get the right one for the right system. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, you know, when I'm playing games or whatever, I want to just sit there. I want to watch TV sitting. I don't want to get up and do the hokey pokey while I'm playing games. Hmm, I don't know if I feel that way. I mean, I think there are some games where I wouldn't mind standing and there are some games where I'd prefer to sit. And I think you have that option. I mean, I, I don't think you have to necessarily stand. To yeah, be you're much more pro hokey pokey than I am. Pro hokey pokey. Well, no, I, I'm a, I like gaming, though. So that's the difference between you and I. <laughs> Ah, oh, whatevs, guy. <laughs> so anyway, I'm uh, actually playing a game on my phone right now and ignoring you. <laughs> last, uh, the last thing that we did on Friday was we went to the evening concert, which again, Bit Brigade opened, put on an amazing show. Did Castlevania, the Batman video game, and uh, Ducktales. Following that, uh, MC Frontalot came out and performed, and then uh, Megaran, who closed the evening, did a great job. Uh, joining him were the uh, NPC Collective on stage and uh, the stage was full and the contrast from the first time we saw Megaran I think you were probably there right was yeah. in the little magfest room like a conference room at PAX right and to see him play some of the same songs like Dream Master and Splash Woman on the big stage at Benaroya Hall and and own that room and play like he had always been there was just a real thrill and one of the coolest moments that I experienced in PAX this year. It was just really cool. That's awesome, man. It really oh, was. Good for him. Yeah. He's, he's such a great guy. Yeah, he's such a nice guy, too. You couldn't be happier for someone to, to level up like this. It's, it's pretty cool. All right, man. Well, uh, that's about all I have to say about Friday. Should we listen well, to a I'm tune? I'm sure you have so much more to say about PAX. Well, let's listen to a tune first. All right, let's do it. This song seems wholly appropriate since I've been playing the hell out of this game lately. This is the Destiny 2 rap from Creative Mindframe, a.k.a. 1UP, a member of the NPC Collective, featuring none other than Megaran. Dig it! Welcome to 
to the show, got another storyline. Sit yourself down, about to be a gory time. Toss away, go back on the come up. Wanna step up, get my sum up, we gon' run up. This is destiny to be the greatest guardian alive. Can't be complacent, Crota got it once, Horace got it too. Third time's the time, tell you what we gon' do. No more legendary, gon' be exotic like y'all gon' learn. He ain't never gon' stop the light. Kiss a battle, hop back in the saddle. We will wrestle and hassle, and now we're breaking all the shackles from the earth to the moon to Saturn. Guardians band together and recover the light that was shattered. Underdogs now, you ain't even pay us one thought. Just wait till we blow up like the rounds of my hunter's sunshine. Got a supercharge, so you get in the quad on my squad. Please, no be laid off. When you run across the map and you keep getting capped, no be please. Go with the game flow. When you got the power ammo, when you got some weak sauce in your hand. Back up off, yo. These gaming MCs, we got one destiny. What that be? Wiping maps, yo. In a disorderly fashion, we make it happen. Give me the loot, it's time to cash in. Every player should hold me in high esteem when I strike with my fire team and blow the entire scene. Burn like incense, leaving an imprint, fleeing in Ariana's vengeance. The weapons are exotic, you can't stop the product. Zavala bring the drama, you cannot deny it. My movement you can't weaken, so we gotta crush the Red Legion and leave them dead, dead bleeding. Elemental affinity for big guns. Sunshot, one shot, all you kids done. It blew the tower, but can't let that hinder us. Never giving up, we on the stuff that blew gender up. It's indisputable what I can do to you. The carnage is beautiful. Meet me in the cruise. When you got a supercharge, then you get in the quad on my squad. Please, newbie, lay low. When you run across the map and you keep getting capped, newbie, please. Go with the game flow. When you at the power ammo, when you got some weak sauce in your hand. Back up off, yo. These gaming MCs, we got one destiny. What that be? Wiping maps, yo. Yo, more EXP is empowering this Guardian from my well, like empower a rift uh, Call the storm, lightning ions Blasting guardians off the wall, fighting lions Go ahead and beg, I will not stop No community, but my game, we going pop, pop Savage, merciless, no time for fake fads Climbing the top, steady grinding like break fads Break fast, your team, take last, no safe pass Recruit, place ads, straight blast We money, straight cash, brave lads Play last and they smashed. Face facts, we murderous. I can hear your heartbeat through the mic, a sign of your nervousness. You getting nothing but the best from me. Just accept it, it's destiny. Let's go. When you got a supercharge, then you get in the quad on my squad. Please, no relay, though. When you run across the map and you keep getting capped, no please. Go with the game flow. When you got the power ammo, when you got some weak sauce in your hand. Back up off, yo. These gaming MCs, we got one destiny. What that be? Wiping maps, yo. Hey, this is Megaran, and you're listening to the Bone Bat Show. Turn it up and share it with 20 friends. Peace. This is Steve from the Bone Bat Show here at PAX 2017. And joining me now is Cody from Oddbirds to talk about Arrowheads, a game coming to Steam September 21st. How you doing, Cody? Hey, doing wonderful. I'm really happy to be on the show floor. It's been an amazing turnout so far this year. Just having a great time. 
So let's talk a little bit about your new game. I just got a chance to play Arrowheads. It's a lot of fun. It's a two-stick shooter, but it's not kind of what I think of as a two-stick shooter, which is bullet hell, you know, waves of fire, and you're just trying to stay alive as long as you can. It's archery-based, so you've got arcs of arrows that are shooting. You can run across different power-ups and get different kinds of arrows, like rockets, or one of them was a drumstick, I think. There's a lot of crazy stuff, and uh, it kind of makes a different flavor to it, because you're kind of figuring math with all these arcs and physics and stuff, rather than just, you know, waves of bullets like you'd normally see. Yeah, absolutely. When we were developing the game, we wanted the archery aspect to feel really unique to the game. And so when we thought of that, a lot of it came down to, you know, what do those arcs actually feel like? And what is special about archery rather than a, a bullet game? And, you know, bullets travel in a straight line, they're super fast, but arrows take time to get there. They always follow this predefined arc. So uh, a lot of the fun that we had with that was really figuring out exactly how those arcs would work. And, and it does. It doesn't turn into a bullet hell. It definitely turns into a more more of a game where you are kind of calculating where your opponents are going and really trying to figure out where to, where to aim heroes next. One of the other interesting touches is I came in fourth out of the last tournament. So it was interesting because you're even if you're killed, you're not out of the game. You're able to flop your corpse around the battlefield and you can still take out guys. Absolutely. It was, it was really important to us because you can get hit and be knocked out right away. We wanted something for players to be able to do. And so what we decided to do was allow them to actually flip, like flop their ragdolls around uh, and then give them something to do in the game. So you can still flock your ragdoll into players that are still interacting in the game. And you can stun them. You can still even kill them if you flop into uh, explosive barrels and take them out that way. Yeah, one of the things I thought was hilarious was you said, oh yeah, hold the button down. You can charge your flop. <laughs> Which is great. Yeah, you know, it. Uh, we had people flopping around and we actually reworked the flop a couple times. Uh, and charge flops just seem like a nice natural progression. <laughs> it is. So this uh, mode that I got to play was arena modes. We had four players, and first to ten kill, ten kills would win. Uh, what other modes do you see coming in the final version of Arrowheads? Perfect. Yeah. So the the actual there's two modes in the game. Uh, so that arena mode that you had mentioned, that one to or two to four players rather. Uh, the other mode we do have is more kind of a single co-op player mode. And so it plays very much like a Horde-style game where you're fighting against waves of these various pair enemies. Okay. Uh, and you're trying to survive all 25 waves to see if you can... 25 waves, so holy cow, okay. There is, uh, there's a lot of opponents to get through, and it's, uh, it's a really fun game to play together if you want more of a cooperative style than duking it out with your friends all the time. Okay, and I saw that this is coming out on Steam. Do you foresee any console releases down the road? Absolutely. We're actually in the midst of boarding it right now. Okay. Uh, we will be coming to Xbox and PlayStation early 2018. Very nice. Okay. All right, Cody. And one last question we always ask all of our guests here on the show. What pisses you off, man? You know what? That's, uh, that's a good question. I got to say, nothing pisses me off more than, uh, than truthfully going to a restaurant, not getting good service. When you go there and you want a beer, I just... Uh, I don't like waiting around. I gotta say, that's what pisses me off. Oh, I know what you mean. There's this place that we've gone to twice recently. It's just opened in town. It's new. And every time it takes forever just to get, like, the simplest stuff. And it's a place that makes simple things. It shouldn't take that long. I wouldn't think so. I don't uh, I don't see the effort of just getting a, getting a quick beer, getting a quick drink, and uh, yeah, exactly. proceeding. Yeah, so. <laughs> That's uh, that's it for me. All right, man. Well, thank you again for joining us on the Bone Bat Show, and best of luck with Arrowheads. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be on the show, and thank you for coming. Steve from the Bone Bat Show here at PAX 2017. Joining me now is Ben Perez from Adult Swim Games to talk a little bit about Battleship Brigade. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. You know, day two of PAX, still alive. haven't uh, hit the floor yet, so it's good. Fantastic. Well, I just got to play the demo of this game, and uh, it's kind of interesting to me. I don't think I've ever seen a combination of match three and combat before. 
Yeah, you know, we know we wanted to make a cooking game, and we knew we wanted to make it actiony. Uh, and so we decided, well, let's go the uh, peanut butter and chocolate route, and let's just put two things we love together, and I think it worked out pretty well. Hence bringing the Iron Chef concept to its logical conclusion. Yes, definitely. Uh, I would have loved to have seen an Iron Chef show where, you know, chefs both cooked and fought each other. Uh, maybe we'll see that in the future someday. That would have been awesome. The ratings would have been through the roof, I think. Definitely. So tell our listeners a little bit about the game. Yeah, so uh, Battleship Brigade is a uh, fantasy anime match street cooking game where you have to fight uh, the ingredients that you uh, cook. So you have to go out into the arena, uh, fight monsters, defeat them, bring those ingredients back to the kitchen, and then put them all together into a puzzle and do the match three. And when you do the match three, you get more points. Whoever has the most points at the end of the round is the winner. And I, I like that concept. It, it mixes a little bit of the casual gaming with something a little more robust. Yeah, definitely. We've uh, seen that fans of all different genres really gravitate to the game. People who like match threes come in and they're like, I'm not really into combat, but I'll try it anyways. They end up liking it. Again, it sort of goes back to that uh, peanut butter and chocolate thing. Like, even if you don't like one, you actually probably do. You just need to eat it with something else. <laughs> you just so. don't know it. Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. One of the other things I found appealing about the game is the pencil-drawn art style, which I find really charming. Yeah, so that uh, is all Eric's uh, handiwork. I can't take credit for that. Uh, he's very talented, influenced by anime. Uh, and it's also sort of a uh, necessity for the game. Uh, because it's all hand-drawn, uh, every character is frame-animated. We couldn't actually ink every single background and every single character. So the backgrounds are all sort of, uh, we call it French watercolor style. It's uh, rough uh, sketching, uh, rough fill. And uh, I think it really makes the game pop. It's got a very... Uh, bright color palette. Yeah, and it seems like its own thing. It's, yes. It doesn't look like anything else. Definitely. So it's very cool. So when do you expect Battle Chef Brigade to be available for our listeners? Uh, so we're aiming for holiday of this year, 2017. Fantastic. And on Nintendo Switch, and did you say also Steam? Yes, so it'll be Nintendo Switch and uh, Steam as well as a few other uh, PC platforms. Fantastic. All right, Ben. Well, uh, one last question. We always ask all of our guests here on the Bombat Show. What pisses you off, man? You know, I mean... I'm going to go with the, the obvious theme-related answer, uh, food, and I'm going to say uh, when I overheat something in the microwave and it's nuked, and it's like, well, now I have to eat this because I made it, but it's going to taste terrible and I'm going to burn my mouth, but you know what? I'm the sort of person who, once I commit to something, I'm going to finish it. Right, yeah. No, the, the microwave's a cruel mistress. It is. You, you know, like softening butter. Right. Like, the difference between a liquid pool and nicely softened butter is, like, two seconds. Right. And, like, why have, why isn't there a universal heat for microwaves yet? Like, we make all these microwaves. <laughs> you would think that a three on any given microwave should be the same consistently. Come on. Has anybody ever used anything other than high on a microwave? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I need this 10% hot. Like, what? what who is that? That's not even a thing. No. It's ridiculous. <laughs> all right, man. Well, thank you again so much for joining us on the Bone Bat Show. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This is Steve from the Bone Bat Show here at PAX 2017. And joining me now are Ryan and Carl from Science Studios to talk a little bit about abduction from the creators of Mist and Riven. How are you gentlemen doing? Doing okay. I'm a bit tired. We, we went to a bunch of parties last night, so... Yeah, doing great. Thank you. Thankfully, you get that extra hour on Saturdays. You know, Fridays, you're up pretty early and you're here, but... Yeah. Uh, 
Well, I had a great time just now playing Abduction. This one had kind of slipped by me. Uh, Mist and Riven have the, the honor of being the only games that my wife and I ever played together, like sitting next to each other at the PC using those games. Usually we play our own games separately. So when I saw this, I was kind of intrigued because I, it seems to me like something that uh, she would enjoy as well as I would. So tell us a little bit about the origin of Abduction. Abduction is our spiritual successor to the experience that Mist and Riven give. And with that, um, we did a Kickstarter campaign back in 2013 to help fund our new project. This, Abduction is a new IP, it's a new story. It doesn't stay in the Mist or Riven um, line, but uh, we still wanted to give you that experience of landing in a new place where you don't know what is going on and that you need to explore that world in order to solve the story and kind of get yourself home with the through line of the absolutely gorgeous environment around you. Yes, I mean, that is a standard of Mist or Riven. We always want to make the best art that we possibly can, so... Yeah, I, I got to play uh, both the PlayStation 4 version a little bit, the demo there, and the Oculus Rift version. And the Oculus was just tremendously... Uh, immersive. Do you just find yourself dissolving into the area and wanting to find out what's around the next corner? Yes, um, with with VR in general, the immersiveness and the, it lends really well with our games. It makes you feel like you're in that world. When you can look up and you can look down and you're on the side of a cliff and you actually start to feel like, oh man, that looks really high. It's just amazing. Yeah. To what my co-host Gordon, who gets queasy easily, yeah. you know, I was on some catwalks and stuff, and I get a little bit of uh, fear of heights, but I was fine playing abduction. A little bit I did. Yeah, we uh, we actually try and make everything pretty comfortable. Uh, so the game itself is like a slow-paced game. Um, you just kind of take it at your own pace. Like, you know, you and your wife, you, you'd play Mist and, like, write stuff down. This is the same sort of experience that that was. But uh, in terms of, like, feeling queasy and things like that, we've, we've tried to address everything. So uh, we do have a few rides in the games, and we give you uh, frames of reference, of still reference, while you're in rides, only when you're in VR, actually. So if, you, if you're if you riding our, uh, there's a, a thing, a few rides in the game, I should say. Uh, as soon as you put the VR headset on, uh, those things uh, start building, like, a cockpit around you. So you feel, like, nice and comfortable. Um, and we haven't announced all of this yet, but in our patch, um, you can take the headset off at any point, and it'll go immediately into the 2D version of the game. Oh, okay. and, and so the second you feel queasy, you don't have to stop playing. You can just avoid that part, that thing that might bug you. And then you can put it right back on. You're like, oh, I want the, I want to see this vista. I want to see how like how much depth there might be. And then, boop, pop on the headset, and immediately you're all in VR mode. So a question that just occurred to me, if you're playing yeah. the VR version, yeah. how do you take notes? Um, you actually, uh, you can hold the... Uh, do you have, a, you have a little notepad in game? Sort oh, of. Oh, that's hot. We, we, went, <laughs> we went with a different method, because okay. uh, it's near impossible to do that in VR, unless we gave you, like, a pen you could write in the air or something, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, but we decided uh, to let you take pictures of oh, whatever. Perfect. So you can. So if there's a code or something you're going to have to remember later, yep. you take a snap of it. And if you actually, in the, uh, in the full version, not in this demo, but in the full version of the game, when you pick up, or you take the controller and you put up to your head, you'll see like a ghostly like camera up here and you can just take a picture. Fantastic. That's, yeah. a, that's a great solution. Yeah. So the game is available now? Yes, yes. It's out on PC and Mac. The uh, game came out about la last year. We've done some patches to it since then. PC, Mac with Oculus Rift and Vive support. And then we just launched about three days ago uh, the PS4 version 
Uh, we're also trying to get onto PSVR by the end of this month, so we'll keep on working on that. And then, with, like Carlos mentioning, we have a patch coming um, sometime in October. We're looking at it, and that will bring a lot of optimizations to the VR version. Yep. Fantastic. Well, I'm really looking forward to playing this, guys. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for checking it out. Oh, absolutely. So, last question. We always ask all of our guests on the Bone Bat Show. Ryan, Carl, what pisses you off, man? For me, it is the price of coffee. I drink too much of it. It's a big budget thing. Like, I need the price of coffee to go down now. Oh, and I... Uh, loud parties and meeting people suck. Like, my voice is gone. And it's all because trying to talk over, like, some Shouting DJ in the, the background. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey! And you're right next to each other, and it's like you're across, like, the Grand Canyon. All right, so... Uh, Thank you very much again, and uh, have a great patch, gentlemen. Well, thank you. Thanks. So, dude, yeah, before we, cool. we dive right. back into some more PAX action, uh, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, your weird stuff? Yes, I will. What's going on with Everett, Washington? That's right up in your neighborhood. Yeah. What are it's, you allowing uh, to happen up there, like Steve? 30 minutes north of where I work. I'm assuming that's not where you go to get your coffee. <laughs> no, I do not go to Everett to get coffee. Okay, because as I understand it, last month the, the city council of Everett passed an ordinance banning bikinis at the town's drive through coffee shops. Mm. And employees are now must wear at least shorts and a tank top to work. A, what the hell is up with bikini-clad person serving you coffee? They don't have that and, in California? That is I, like, a, a, it's a thing oh. around here, like, that... You would go and girls would be scantily clad selling you coffee. In a drive-thru? In a drive-thru, yeah. Okay, you're not like sitting in like your car and they come and serve you in your car. You're just nope. like, you're driving you through, getting your coffee. You just pull up and you're presumably ogle a 20-year-old in a halter top and then get your coffee and leave. I don't know. <laughs> to be honest, enough. I have never once stopped at one of these places, but... I they're around. I mean, you see them. There's a Maxim Girls place on Aurora right by my work. So that's it's a regular thing. But yeah, huh. I, I don't know. Maybe you know what? You're up in the Pacific Northwest. It tends to be colder and, and rainier and whatnot. Up and maybe you just people up there just don't get to see girls that are wearing <laughs> clothes for warm weather. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if you're getting, uh, yeah, I can have a tall latte, half calf, and a side of objectification. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't. I mean, quite. we talked. There was that place you could get a, in Europe where you could get your coffee in a in a blowjob. <laughs> this is like taking it down to such a a sad pedestrian level. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't even know which what to is make why, of that. Which is why in our lunchroom, we keep a Playboy next to the Keurig machine. We just, <laughs> we're going as low rent on this as, no, that's that's a joke, folks. We we yeah, don't do it, that it in my company, though. It would, it would be like a, a Maxim magazine or something. <laughs> Sports Illustrated, not even the swimsuit edition. <laughs> but, you know. Just a regular Sports Illustrated. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's a Sears catalog, because that's what we got when we were kids. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, so even more befuddling to me than that old bikini barista thing that you have up there is the fact that the city council chose to pursue the issue, vote on the issue, and pass an ordinance banning women from dressing however the hell they want when they're serving you coffee. 
my my mind is officially blown by this. Really? Um, that's that's how the women want to dress when they're serving you coffee? I don't know. If when one applies for a job at Is that kind of like, you know, the look, the waitresses is a Hooters if they were given their choice, <laughs> would they really want to wear that? I don't know. Maybe they do, maybe I they don't. I think that there's there's somebody somewhere is making that decision for them. On one hand, you've got an employer. Hey, you want to come and work? Here's the out, here's the costume you wear, whatever. On the other hand, you've got the city council saying, no, doesn't matter how much you want to be in that costume, you may not wear that whilst you serve coffee. I don't know. The whole thing I can't wrap my head around. But the lawsuit says that if this law is going to be enforced, the cops are going to have to determine whether a woman is exposing more than one half of the part of her female breast located below the top of the areola. Really, doesn't that not strike you as just a little too invasive policing? <laughs> yeah, when you start measuring things. Yeah, excuse me, ma'am. I've got my special police booby measuring kit here. <laughs> it's just, you know what? Fuck off. Let her wear whatever she wants. Also, uh, you're not allowed, if you're going to be serving coffee in a drive through situation, uh, you cannot have more than 50% of your anal cleft exposed. What? Up until today, I'd never heard the words anal and cleft in the same sentence, let alone in a lawsuit. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I just don't know. Yeah, uh, I definitely want something between any given anal cleft in my coffee. Yeah, well, yeah, first of all, if you're going to serve any kind of food and drink, I want to buy it from a place where you're wearing complete pants. <laughs> really? Full yeah. pants? Yeah, full pants. See, that doesn't, care. that doesn't bug me. I don't care if somebody's wearing shorts or a skirt while they're serving me a meal. That's that's fine. As, well, the top part. I want a waistband of some sort. A waistband, okay. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't guess, have to be. We can agree on that. Okay. So if you if you do uh, expose your anal cleft and or 25% of your booby, what is the penalty for that in Everett? Yeah, a $5,000 fine and a year in jail. Wow. You go to jail for a year for exposing more than 50% of your anal cleft. That's quite a crackdown. If you're serving. <laughs> oh, God. Thank you. Thank you for that. I, God, I'm glad you <laughs> Normally that kind of joke is my job. And... <laughs> I, just, I whiffed it. Yeah, so that's my weird shit. That's some weird shit right there. I, I hope they get that whole situation straightened out before you have to go out for coffee again. <laughs> I hope so, too. But uh, it's a lot safer to just bring coffee from home, frankly. <laughs> you stay out of trouble that way. Yeah, that's probably best. <laughs> Things like coffee, your anal cleft. Just keep that at home. So, hey, I bet some developers would like <laughs> us to talk about their video game right now. Oh, let's make a cleft hand turn. Uh, so, on Saturday, uh, Saturday was all war games all the time for me, man. Uh, Did you figure out how to win one? Yes, against you, easily. Uh, in the Never. Indie Mega Booth, there is a new game coming out called Tiny Metal, which is a spiritual successor to Advance Wars, dude. You're going to dig this game it has fantastic 3d graphics but it's the same kind of gameplay that you really dig the turn-based strategy wargaming us oh, totally fun great looking game you are gonna love this game sounds like something right in my wheelhouse 
then uh, I was able to check out uh, from Sony. They have just released. Now, you, are you familiar with the Total War series? Yeah. So they have they, the, the Total War games where you move around different factions. And then uh, last year, they brought that Total War series to the Warhammer license. So it's like the medieval Warhammer where you have everything from high elves, dark elves, humans, orcs, everybody battling. You can put all the different armies against each other. And they're about to release Total War Warhammer 2, which will dovetail into Total War 1. So it basically adds factions to it that you can play. So now you've got Skaven. uh, I guess dark elves are in this one, not the first one. But uh, I played a couple of demos. I beat the first one and then ran out of time on the second one, which uh, totally great graphics, you know, watching all the different armies battle each other, cohorts and divisions and whatnot, units. Uh, It was really cool. And you see the magic fireballs flying around and griffins and dragons, all kinds of stuff. It was great. That sounds awesome. I played those games like way back in the day where the pathfinding was somewhat less than stellar. Granted, I haven't played a lot of this sort of thing in a long time, but uh, the first round I just flanked the other guys. I I was had a Skaven army, which there are a ton of cheap uh, units that you can build up, and we were playing against lizard men, and I just surrounded them and killed them that way. I killed like fifty percent of their army, and it was a rout. But uh, the second game, (laughs) I tried to do the same thing, and then you know, I basically the computer cheated and had a bunch of reinforcements come up behind me. Sons of bitches. And things were not looking good, and then ran out of time. Oops. So. Oh, well. I avoided the L. That's the important thing. That's true. You did. And then finally, I spent a little time with Behemoth, uh, taking a look at Pit People once again. Now, it's out currently in its advanced form. You can pick that up for 15 bucks, I think, on the Xbox One. But uh, they just did a new update, which uh, added some more single-player missions, which were really fun. Uh, basically, the uh, mission that I got to play was uh, I went to this zombie village, and uh, you're expecting to battle the zombies. But no, the zombies are angry because this woman in the big house on the hill keeps stealing their bodies. And so, <laughs> because you are a servant of all your constituents in the pit people realm, you go and you try to stop the woman from taking the zombie bodies. And that was a pretty cool mission. Again, the timer ran out before i could complete that but uh i already own the pit people upfront game the 15 dollar advanced version so i will be playing some more of that it's uh, only a matter of time yeah uh, i play that game myself i like it it's so much fun yeah it's all of behemoth stuff has been a winner all the way back to alien hominid which was a fun shooter castle crashers is a classic i think it's easy to say Battle Block Theater, you know, I never played that much. I never actually finished that. I know you and your kids did. Oh, yeah. We, we went all the way through it. So that's going to be a game that I will get back to at some point. I do own it, but I haven't had a chance to finish it. And now Pit People. So all great stuff. And uh, it's always a pleasure to speak to, with them. So why don't we do that? Uh, here we go with some interviews for uh, Tiny Metal, Warhammer Total War 2, and Pit People. Steve from the Bone Bat Show here at PAX 2017, and joining me now is Hero from Area 35 to talk a little bit about a new game called Tiny Metal. How you doing, Hero? Pretty good. Uh, it's my first time in Seattle. It's fantastic to be here, and the PAX West is, you know, 
full of uh, vibrant energies. Yeah, it's an amazing convention. You would be hard-pressed to find people without a smile on their face. Exactly. Everybody gets to play games. It's awesome. Exactly. <laughs> so my co-host Gordon is an enormous fan of Advance Wars. So when I got the press release for this, I had to check it out. Right. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about Tiny Metal? Uh, so Tiny Metal is like a, well, spiritual successor to uh, Advance Wars. And um, we were very, very upset that you know Nintendo and uh, uh, Intelligent Systems didn't release any Advance Wars recently. And um, basically, we took um, the matters to our own hands. Yeah. <laughs> very nice. I love the graphics. That Going to a different sort of 3D mode with it, it looks really great. Thank you. <laughs> and a lot of great... Uh, I've, I've actually, I only got to see a few of the spots, but you know, we didn't get into planes and more tanks and right. all the really right. heavy ar- artillery, uh-huh. which really made Advance Wars fun. Yeah. You really build up your army in a really cool way. Yes. Later in the game, there'll be fighters to gunships uh, fortresses, um, heavy metals, uh, that's the heavy tanks that you have, and strikers, which is like a long-range long, long range artillery, even commandos, which is like the special ops, snipers as well. So you get a whole myriad of units that you can use to really have fun with all the maps that we're going to give you. Okay, one of the cool features also about Advance Wars was your generals had different powers that they could bring to battle. Are you bringing that into Tiny Metal as well? Okay, so for the general powers, we don't have something close to it. Okay. Um, the closest that we have, we're planning for uh, satellite powers, which is like an area of effect buff or debuff or even attack. There are satellites revolving around the planet and they're basically, basically lost technology, mm-hmm. but you find the keys to activate them and they will attack or they do debuffs or whatever um, wherever you want. Not only this will affect the enemy, but this will also affect your own units. Oh, okay. So, so you got to be real judicious yeah. with how you use them. Yeah, exactly. Um, otherwise, we have hero units. Um, they're unique units that you can keep after the mission okay. um, and they, they will retain all the experience that, that you've got. So, so is there a little bit of RPG there? You can exactly. do upgrades and different things exactly. that you earn out during the game? Yeah. So basically, they'll retain their rank, which makes them stronger all the time. And you need to find these hero units, uh, which is basically littered around you know, the world and the missions and all that. Now, um, And is it permanent death that those guys are killed, similar to like XCOM and those games? Right. Well... We didn't want to be that strict. <laughs> because you can, you know, really kill these hero units if you really put your effort into it. Yeah. Yeah, it just gives you variety. Um, in this game, nobody gets killed, per se. Okay. Um, they all just get injured, and they go back to the hospital, and they're okay. <laughs> <laughs> I played too many of those games. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, these hero units have um, unique abilities. Um, for example, you might see a scout, which is like a Humvee, like a Jeep, you yeah, know, light-armored vehicle. Um, these guys usually only ca- carry a 50 cal a machine gun, but... Um, if they're a hero unit, they might have a singer plus the machine gun or a recallless rifle and a uh, you know, machine gun. So it gives you options to you know, how you want to tactically resolve this. Now, not only that, the only way you can get hero units to, be, to participate in the game is firstly, you need to unlock them. And secondly, you need to call them down. They're in orbit around the planet waiting to be called down. And basically... One of your normal infantry have to take over a comms tower. Now, this comms tower will basically radio those guys revolving, you know, uh, in the atmosphere uh, above space, you know. 
and uh, basically they'll come down through the atmosphere and help you wherever you you need them. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's great. Well, I can't wait to play more of this. Uh, Thank you. When is this game going to be available? So the game will be available um, later this year. Okay. Uh, hopefully before December. Okay. Yep. And what systems? On PlayStation 4, Switch, and PC. All right. We've got all kinds of choices then. Yes, you do. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, Hero. Well, one last question we always ask all of our guests on the Bone Bat uh, Show. What pisses you off, man? Well, when I see really great works, whether it be video games or anything else, and there's that little thing they could have done just to make that much better, and they don't do it, that pisses yeah. me off. It would have been awesome, but... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that one little thing, I totally know what you mean. Yep. All right, man. Well, thank you very much for thank joining you. us on the show, and I can't wait to play more Tiny Metal. Thank you very much. Five, four, three, two. Steve from the Pwn Bat Show here at PAX 2017. And joining me now is Rich from Creative Assembly to talk to me a little bit about Warhammer Total War 2. How you doing, Rich? I'm really good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for being on the show. Now, as I was just mentioning to you, Gordon and I are Warhammer fans going way back. So when yeah. I saw that you had kind of a, a really intricate war game, I was excited. I, I kind of missed uh, Total War 1, so Total War 2 presumably is even better. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about the game? Yeah, sure. Not only is it, is it better, it's it's, it's more colourful, more vibrant. It's bigger and better and darker things. We have uh, we have dinosaurs on the, the lizard men, and you know they ride other dinosaurs. So that's pretty crazy for one thing. We've got huge, great, big, hulking rat men called the Skaven, which only Games Workshop could ever come up with. So we've got all this, this brilliant new fantasy, which you know you've seen orcs and you've seen elves before, but this stuff totally cool, totally new. I mean, we've basically got lab rats controlling massive hulking machines with warp lightning, green glowing power oozing all over the place, rats coming out of the ground. It's fab, it's mental, it's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's amazing about the game is the variation in battlefield tactics Mm. that you can bring to the table. There's really a lot you can do in this game. Absolutely, and I mean, one of our big design core pillars is to make every race feel different so that's that's been our big mantra from game game one we've continued that through with the dlcs and the free lcs that we've also added to that game Mm. and now with warhammer 2 as much as it is a a new game in its own right the best bit about it is you get to combine that with warhammer 1 so after launch we'll be doing a basically a mega map where you take the map from one and the map from two, and you crush them together. Wow! So you essentially—that's unheard of. Nobody ever does. We've never done that before, and I don't think anybody else has either. Yeah. So it means that the original game still feels fresh and current, and we're adding all new mechanics and content for two, and you get to play play them side by side. So the races from one. You can battle with the races from two? Absolutely. Oh, you own that's both great. games. That's great. You can send your dark elves, corsairs across the seas to invade the empire. You can send your war bands of orcs into Lustria to go and maybe tackle the, the, the lizard men. All this kind of cool stuff. So it's an amazing place to be. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have Warhammer 1, that's cool. Because Warhammer 2 is a great jump on point because we've done a lot of uh, user interface and uh, development for this game. So brand new tutorials, which will really help solidify the basics of the game. How you get used to fighting battles, but also how you get used to creating your empire. Because 
as uh, hopefully you know, um, Total War games are both RTS battles, but they're also 4X grand strategy games as well. Yes. So you get that brilliant combination of um, creating powerful citadels, you know, with concoction of different buildings, having diplomacy with your neighbouring factions, but then crafting powerful armies and RPG elements with your laws to then take to battle to conquer new lands. Yeah, when I was speaking to Tobias, he was mentioning that the, you have lords that can bring different buffs and debuffs and powers yes. to each battle, which I've always found like yeah. a cool touch for war games. Oh, absolutely. I mean, each lord is so different. Some are going to be duelists, some are going to be uh, very magic heavy, like a lord Master Mundi of the, the lizard men. He's a new character. He's got, a, he's got a skill tree where, as you're ranking him up, as you're leveling him up, he's getting more powerful. He's channeling his spells through, through his army. He's very different to say Quick Headtaker, who's like one of the Skaven Lords. Mm. He's, he's a proper scrappy fighter, you know, and he looks pretty gnarly too. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about Malekith. Now, I brought him in, I think, in my demo a little too soon and sort of yeah. wasted him. What is the best way to use him? He's well, a Dark Elf Lord there. Malekith's amazing because he's super powerful with his magic. But he's also a frontline combatant. So he's got oh, okay. he's got Seraphon, his black dragon. He's got a, a pestilent breath. It's a very nice attack. So that would be pretty de devastating. So what I would say is, depending on whether he's on foot or whether he's on the mount, mm -hmm. you could play him slightly differently. Okay. So if you're on foot, you can absolutely get him into that frontline action. You know, um, he can take. He's got he's got a pretty good good wide sweeping attack. Mm -hmm. So you can do that, bring him out, lay down some, some magic as well. He's got a great uh, ability where you basically cast ice shards across the battlefield, <laughs> which is super sick. Um, There's a lot of great yeah. kind of graphic design. You see, like, you know, fireballs flying back yeah, and forth. Yeah. So you can watch one of your divisions just sort of crumple under an attack. It, is, it, it kind of makes you, ah, you yeah, freak yeah, out yeah. a little bit because uh, you gotta you got to pull him back, but you it's, get, you get it's big, too late, you know, crazy, in some cases. Uh, yeah. ethereal where you know the foot of Gork comes smashing down and crushes people in the first game. You've got um, clan rats coming out of the game in this one from the ground because that's one of our our new features. Um, it's called Menace Below. So as you know, the Skaven, the, you know, they, yes. they, they, li they live beneath the cities. They, you know, the, the Empire don't really know too much about them until they're right there in their face. And uh, we have a food system. So essentially, you get to spend and collect food. You can upgrade cities for it, which nobody else can do. So you, you sort of super jump. You make your city, you make your city your sort of nest. And then, if you want to, you can you can spend your food on bringing more clan rats to the battlefield. So, as much as a lot of their units are very squishy and the meat kind of a meat shield, you get the benefit of scuttling out the ground, trapping archers, taking out artillery from all angles. It really makes them an aggressive nasty race. Well, and the Skaven also are uh, kind of cheap to build. Absolutely. So, so you can really build up large forces Absolutely. to go into battle. Yeah, because most people, like in our game, we you'd normally play 20 units, which, you know, for most factions is a pretty large amount of troops, but you're right. The Skaven is strength in number, so you need a lot of slaves and a lot of clan rats, and this is a good way of bringing it in. They're not going to do too much damage, but they're going to hold down the elite troops or the better troops of your opponent while you know you rock up with your doom wheel and just literally <laughs> crush them or, or maybe you're at your nightmare that is the hell abomination right and that is something to behold that is it's so ugly um 
I love the way like the animators have managed to get like a little squeaky wheel in there and it's got a big fat belly which it tries to drag along the floor it's pretty horrific yeah there's some really great looking units and again like we were talking about you know bringing that the history of art from Games Workshop and Warhammer is so rich Absolutely. that it gives you a fantastic amount of toys to play. Yeah, I mean, we've been really lucky Games Workshop have sent us down a bunch of miniatures. Uh, we've painted them up. I've painted up loads myself. <laughs> I love the lizard men, so I've got a Crocgar army full of temple guards, full of Saurus warriors, you know. And on the flip side, we've got a massive Skaven fan. So Andy Hall, who's our lead writer, massive Skaven nerd. So he's got all the all the plague priests and the and the the plague catapult and scrub at the head of his army, and we get to duke it out. We go and fight in our in our uh, Warhammer room at the studio. <laughs> so we're properly playing the tabletop to understand yeah, how sure. all these guys work. How do they interact? How do they fare when they battle against each other? Because they're so so disparate. The different types of uh, yeah. divisions and units that you've got. Yeah, and it, it gets the mind thinking. It's like well. How can we translate that to a battle feature or a campaign feature? I mean, uh, I know it came from Warhammer One, but animosity was like a really interesting thing for the Greenskins. How do we, how do we bring bring that in? You know, because ultimately Warhammer is a battle game. It's not a campaign strategy builder, but we need that element in our game, and so we, we find ways to bring that in. And the high elves in this game, what we've looked at is how they're so regal and and pompous uh, yeah a little bit like us Brits but um, <laughs> um, but how they use the influence of the courts to backstab one another to manipulate so we have a great mechanic in a campaign where you accrue this influence and then you can set people at war with one another or you can basically you know tap them up a little, a little bit and make make friends it's really cool to do well, I'm really looking forward to playing more, man. So, oh, excellent. Tell me the, the status of the game. So, we are extremely close to launch. Okay. It's going to come out on September 28th. Oh, so, nice. really, really close. Okay, so I can pick up Total War 1 and kind yeah. of get my feet wet. Absolutely. And then I'll be ready for melding the two together yeah, on, on September 28th. I'll tell you the best thing. If you pre-order Warhammer 2 right now, you get Norska, which is an amazing faction pack. Playing out the role of crazy Vikings, absolutely free for Warhammer 1. Oh, just take my money, Richard. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right, man. Well, uh, one last question. We always ask all of our guests here on the Bone Bat Show. Rich, what pisses you off, man? I want to get everything in the game now, and I can't. <laughs> I want Warhammer 3. <laughs> well, there'll probably be a couple of years yeah, down I know, on that. I, right? no, I love it. I love it too much. <laughs> well, thank you again so much for sharing the game with me and for talking to our listeners Absolute here on the Bone Bat Show. All right. Steve from the Bone Bat Show, back with you at PAX 2017, and joining me now for one of my favorite game developers, the behemoth, Ian. How you doing, man? Uh, not too bad. Surviving. Yeah, it's good to see you again, man. It's been a couple of years since we last chatted, but uh, people still isn't out. <laughs> hey! Early access. <laughs> oh, man. Out-ish. This game is so much fun, and you know what? We always love your stuff. I mean, Gordon, my co-host, still won't stop singing Buckle Your Pants, so we're in 100% on anything you guys do. But uh, today, what was a little bit different on the demo I played was I got to play one of the missions, and uh, it turns out that uh, the Lady of the Kingdom is really uh, about supporting all of her people, including the zombies. And so people have been stealing body 
bodies from the zombies. I went in there and I tried to get the zombies their bodies back. I thought that was pretty fun and a great twist. Yeah, so that actual particular side quest uh, we just released in our last update we did in update, oh, cool. in update okay. 4. So that just went And public. that's in the early access. Yeah, correct, correct, okay. correct. So yeah, that's the Sunsword quest where uh, you meet Madame Megabat. Megabat, is, yes. Is stealing, essentially stealing zombies and doing something with <laughs> them. You gotta kind of figure out what's What's she doing with these zombies? Yeah. And I don't want to spoil yeah, it. Don't, I don't want to yeah, spoil let's not spoil it, but, um, I, had, but I didn't even finish the mission, so now i got to go back, and i got to get that done. It goes to very interesting places where you don't think it will. I'll just say that. You know, you start with zombies, and and there's a little cosmic a- aspect to it, I'll say. Just a little nice. tease. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, so that was a lot of fun. And, uh, of course, the arena is always a blast. My son actually won uh, on Friday. So he's over there defending his crown as we speak. I oh, think. he's doing the challenge. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Great, great, great. Yeah, we're doing a, cha- a daily uh, people challenge this time. So what it is is you come, uh, you play PvP, you win, you play another round, and if you win again, then we can move you to the champion station. Uh, and uh, for a final grand prize battle, and you were, were giving uh, you pit people figurines, which we just debuted, and you could also win some pit people plush, which we did debuted earlier this year. Nice, very cool. So early access, uh, people can get this on Steam now, right? Absolutely, you can get it on Steam early access and Xbox Game Preview right now. Okay, excellent. And what else are you bringing to the game currently? Uh, so right now we have planned one more update, uh, update five. Last day, update four, we actually added some, as I mentioned, the side quests, a whole new world map, and we added a little bit more story in a cinematic. Uh, okay. So we're going to do one more update, five, and then we're going to finish the game and release the full version. Fantastic. Yeah. We're really looking forward to it. All right, Ian. Well, one last question. We always ask all of our guests on the Bumbat Show. You might remember. I, no, what I, pisses I, 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 you off, man? Ah, there it is. <laughs> well, I don't want to repeat last time. Did I do the elevator thing last time? What You said what pisses me off, right? Yeah. Did, I, did I do elevator last time? I don't recall what you did last time. Uh, okay, well, I'll definitely have a couple. Uh, people who... Uh, I'm going to sound so, like, bratty or something, because these aren't real problems. Right. But especially at a show, it comes up... Uh, it bubbles up to the top. People get in the elevator before you get off. Ugh, it just drives me crazy. It just drives me crazy. Ugh. It's that social contract, yeah. man. You can't break the social yeah, contract. Yeah. Or uh, people rush off the airplane aisle when you haven't even got it out of your seat yet. That's another one. Yeah, yeah. All the, the travails of modern travel. Yeah. Again, these are not real problems. Yeah. But what, about, what about people who stand on the moving sidewalk? At the airport. You're trying to get to the terminal. You know, you can walk on that thing and you can go twice as fast. Yeah. And yet there are people standing there with their luggage. Yeah. And it actually slows it down. In, in other countries, there's these cultural things where you always stand off to the right. Or even in New York, it's pretty common, too. Where you stand off to the right, so then people, you create a fast lane. Yeah, exactly. And so, but when they're, you know, just sprawled out, and it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's the airport. You're breaking the social contract. Yeah, the social contract. All right, man. Well, thanks again for joining us on the show. It was great to talk to you once again about Pit People. Thanks for stopping by. All right. Once again, that was our interviews from PAX 2017 with the creators of Tiny Metal, Warhammer, Total War II, and Pit People. So on Sunday, just to wrap things up, uh, I spent time playing in the Indie Mega Booth mostly. Uh, That was the day I left early because we had our... uh, once a year or twice a year uh, 
social media gig, so I, I didn't spend all the time at PAX I would have liked to, but uh, it was still a fantastic day anyway. You know, each year I pick out uh, three indie picks that I had a great time with. So uh, first game I played was the aforementioned Nidhog 2. Now, I was able to play Nidhog at, back at the uh, indie creator jam that they had at the EMP, a couple of years back. Remember when Z came to town? They took my yeah. son. We played independent games. Very cool game. It's like a reverse tug of war. You have seven screens, and you are fighting an uh, opponent with four different weapons that rotate every time you die. And the idea is to make it to the far, basically kind of like football. You get make it to the end of the opponent's screens. And each time, it's very fast-paced. In a given game, you might die 50 or 100 times easily. And there's like a, I think, a, you can set a time limit, 5 minutes, 10 minutes, whatever, and then it becomes sudden death. So it's very much in your interest to get to the finish line as quickly as possible. Uh, the original Nidhogg was of just 8-bit sprites, very simple, not a lot going on, but one of the notable features was very bright colors and huge gouts of pixelated blood whenever you would kill someone. Nice. The new game has kind of more animated-looking characters. They're still beautiful and colorful and very cool or weird, but uh, the, it has the exact same gameplay function. So now there are new maps. There are a bunch of different maps you can play, but it's basically the same thing. It's reverse tug-of-war. You're trying to make it to your opponent's end zone and kill him as many times as possible, or her, as the case may be. And uh, it's a blast. I pl played it with against my son at the show. I immediately came home and bought it that night for a PlayStation, and uh, we played a bunch there. And it turned out that it was the final game for this year's Omegathon as well, coincidentally. Beautiful. Yeah. So you knew so all you were totally dialed in when it came time for that. Yeah, just uh, I was like, oh shit, Nidhogg too. that's awesome! Because it's such a fun game. So, if you want a game that's fantastic to like, throw on at a party and just have on and let people grab the controllers and play against each other, I can't think of a better choice than Nidhogg 2. It is a fantastic game, and it's anybody who likes to play PvP against somebody else, this game would be right up your alley. And I think it's only 15 or 20 bucks, too. So, you know, it's an easy purchase to make, and I would highly recommend it. Uh, following that, another interesting game. Now, the original seed idea from this game uh, came from DigiPen in here in Redmond, which is pretty cool. Uh, this game is called Stifled, and it's a black and white game. You start the game emerging from a car wreck, and you're in a pitch black forest. And as you take a step or make a noise, the world lights up around you slightly through echolocation. So you can sort of see like trees and rocks and things, and then it fades. And so you're walking through the forest and you are looking for whoever you came with in the car who has disappeared into this series of tunnels. And so you can sort of cough and you can make noise, but it also calls monsters to you. The monsters oh. here whenever you make a noise. So it's freaking tense. You're going through these tunnels. You hear, you know, you'll cough or you can push a button and make a noise. And around you, you'll see, you'll hear like growling. And so you're trying to be as quiet as possible as you sneak through this warren. And, dude, very tense. Very tense stuff. And what's cool about it is that it's, it's hooked up to the mic on your headset. So if you were to yelp 
in the game in fear, the monsters would hear that and come for you. <laughs> that's fun. So, again, this is a game that's going to come out, uh, I believe, later this fall. And uh, I can't wait to play more of it. it. It was really cool. It doesn't look like anything else I've seen. And, uh, like I said, just black and white and red, essentially, and outlines sort of like almost vector graphics, very simple. But uh, it definitely captures that sort of tense atmosphere, which I really enjoy. So, kind of cool. Finally, uh, probably my favorite game this PAX was a shooter called Mother Gunship. And this game is just nuts. If you want a game where, basically, they, he described it, the, the developer described it as first-person bullet hell. And you've got guns and bigger guns and bigger guns, and you're just firing them as fast as you can as a series of robots and monsters and things come flying at you. Ah, oh, totally exhilarating, totally fun. Each level you beat gives you the ability to customize your gun. So you can add more barrels. There's laser barrels. There's regular chain gun barrels. All different kinds of things you can do to your gun to make it as big as possible. He said that before people have made like huge cubes, basically a wall of gun, <laughs> that they'll walk through the game. But the thing is, you have a certain amount of energy points. So as you shoot, if you add too much to your gun, it takes forever to reload and shoot again. Now, I went with a very simple, I just had, yeah, I had like three barrels, and I had one laser, one chain gun, and one regular gun, and uh, I was able to beat the boss in the demo just using that, and uh, it was constant fire, though, I was just, you know, rapid fire the whole time, laying a putting a lot of lead in the air, but I had so much fun with that, it's a great looking game, and uh, that's the kind of game I can't. I look forward to coming home from a hard day at work and just throwing on Mother Gunship for a while, playing for a half hour. That's going to be great. Yeah, I never look forward to coming home from a hard day at work. Because you I work from home. Yeah, well, there's that. So, yeah, so those were the, the indie games that I would definitely recommend. Nidhogg 2, Stifled, and Mother Gunship. Look for those uh, this fall as they become available. And... Uh, that's about it from PAX. Uh, I had, a, again, a great time. And as, as always, it was great to share it with my family, do different things with each of them. We'd go out for meals. We'd play, stop in the console free play area and play. We played some Mario Party, went to the PC game area and played some Left 4 Dead 2. That was a blast. Trying to get my wife into the safe room. Come on, honey. <laughs> <laughs> we had a good time with that. My son's trying to give her instructions. And uh, it's just a good time. Oh, and then there were a couple of different games I picked up. Uh, one, uh, we bumped into Kelly Toyama, who you may remember for Titans Tactics, which we played at the Bone Battle Gaming Tournament. You remember that? Oh, yeah. He just came out with a brand new game called Dwarves Dig, Delve, Die. It's a dice game where you basically have a pack of dwarves and you are trying to gain uh, five gold points before your opponent's. And very quick game, uh, cards and dice, cool art, uh, plays really fast and was totally fun, so I couldn't resist picking that up. And then uh, my wife lately has been very much into escape room games. There are some that you can play on your phone. And I was visiting with the gentleman from Cascade Games, and uh, they have a unlock. It's an escape room game in a box. 
and you use it with a phone app. And so I picked up the game. It's a card game, and uh, I will be playing that with Julie. It came very nice. highly recommended. So I'm really looking forward to playing that as well. So PAX this year, uh, always a great time. I have to say, though, this year's PAX seemed a little sedate. A lot of the big developers weren't there this year. For instance, Telltale wasn't there. Gearbox wasn't there. They didn't have a booth. I was sort of hoping to hear, hey, when's Borderlands 3 coming out? That would have been, you know, some pretty cool news. But uh, that did not happen. Oh, and Blizzard wasn't there. I mean, they they haven't been as much in recent years. But so the more uh, mid-level developers were sort of taking center stage, which is fine. But there was a lot of the esports stuff, which I'm not into. So it's hard to be interested in that. Uh, that was kind of filling out some of the rooms in a big way. And... Uh, Again, it just didn't quite seem like it had the buzz or excitement that it has in previous years. And maybe it's just that's a function of a convention maturing. And, you know, it's no longer in, as fresh and new as it used to be. So it definitely wasn't quite the level of previous years, but it was still a great time. So that is pretty much my review for PAX 2017. Let's uh, take a brief moment to listen to this interview with... Uh, Steve from Cascade Games, as well as the developers of my favorite indie picks for this year. Again, Nidhogg 2, Stifled, and Mother Gunship. And uh, then we'll close out with a little uh, multimedia triage. Sounds stellar. This is Steve from the Bone Bat Show here at PAX 2017, and joining me now is Steve Cameron from Cascade Games. How you doing, man? I'm doing real great. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. PAX is always such a great time. I love being here. The vibe is great. Smiles on everybody's faces, and uh, it's nice to meet you to talk yeah. somebody about uh, real hands-on tabletop gaming. You bet. Yeah, and uh, I think PAX in general is just one of those communities that's so fantastic to be around. Everybody's here to have fun and play games and do what they love to do and, and we're just here to help with that so absolutely well i just wanted to ask you because you're an expert in the field every year we try to recommend like indie games and cool stuff for our listeners to check out can off the top of your head can you think of a couple of hot games right now that our listeners should pick up sure sure yeah uh one of the coolest things we've got going on is uh dragon fire which is a new DD deck builder game from catalyst um it's not just a deck builder. There's an RPG component, so you can actually build up a character, and as you go and play with friends in different play groups, you can level your character up. So really a, kind of a new twist on deck building. I dig Catalyst stuff. They put out some great games. Yeah, absolutely. So that's probably one of the most unique things I've seen in a while. Um, the other things that are super hot right now, Destiny from Fantasy Flight, Star Wars Destiny, just kind of gaining traction all the time. Uh, fun game. The Star Wars license is a blast mm. to play with. And then the other thing that we've got going on is uh, we've got a pre-release on the newest Ascension set. So that's hot, limited copies. Um, and then there, the new thing that I'm seeing, um, and I've got one, it's basically escape room in a box, so you can play escape room at home. Oh, that sounds cool. Uh, it's called Unlock, uh, the, the formula. There are several of those. And then there's another company that's doing one as well, which I, unfortunately I forget off the top of my head, but um, those are some of the really cool new things that are starting to happen. So. My wife loves that stuff. I'm going to have to pick yeah. up a copy of that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man, one last question we always ask all of our guests on the Bone Bat Show. Steve, what pisses you off? <laughs> Washington Drive. <laughs> I am one. That's why it's funny. All right, man. Thanks a lot, and take care. Have a good day. All right. You too. Thanks.
Steve from the Bone Bad Show here at PAX 2017, and joining me now is Mark from Messhoff Games to talk a little bit about Nidhogg 2. How you doing, man? Doing good. How are you? Very well. Uh, starting to run down a little bit. It's been a long convention, but having a fantastic time. Uh, yeah. Day three is killer. So. so, as I was just mentioning to you, uh, we were fortunate enough to play a Nidhogg at the Indie Game Showcase a couple of years ago and loved the idea. The simple reverse tug-of-war, great gouts of pixelated blood, super fun game, totally addictive. Uh, and then I just noticed now here at PAX that uh, there's a Nidhogg 2 that just came out. Yeah, uh, so we decided to add a bit to the formula. Now there's four weapons instead of one. Uh, there's a bunch of new stages to compete on. Lots of new costumes and crazy art from our new artist, Toby Dixon. Fantastic. Yeah. And what has the response been so far? It's been positive, yeah. Uh, I think people like it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Great. Yeah, one of the other things is I picked up the CD and was checking out the soundtrack music. Really good stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah we were able to work with, like, five different musicians this time around uh, so Daedalus made a return and we also have a uh, track from Geotic uh, Doswan Osborne uh, Muxmool he did a probably half Muxmool had about half of it yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah we're super excited to be working with yeah, a bunch it, of talented it, people great backdrop to the game I think it, it really does uh, it's a good soundtrack excellent alright man well uh, so our listeners can pick this game up now it came out on August 15th is that right yep it's out now on uh, Steam and Playstation 4 so fantastic alright man last question we always ask all of our guests on the Bone Bat Show Mark what pisses you off man uh, people that don't like sauce sauce I've met a few people here that don't like sauce on their food at all so like hot sauce specifically Just or egg, mayonnaise like, ketchup mustard you name it all of it yeah. yeah I think I agree with you I like all of those things yeah I like wet food. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks right. again for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me. All right, Steve from the Bone Bat Show here at PAX 2017. And joining me now is Ung from Gatai Games to talk about a brand new game called Stifled. How you doing, man? Uh, yeah, so I'm doing good. Third day of PAX pretty intense. Yeah, looking forward to... Having the people more, having more people check out the game and having it finish. <laughs> yeah. So every year I look for cool independent games that kind of don't look like things that I've played before. Yeah. And uh, Stifled immediately caught my eye. It has a very interesting concept where sound plays a big part of the game. Mm-hmm. Yep. So in Stifled, uh, sound is the only way you see. So think of think of yourself as a bed or using echolocation or sonar to kind of find your way around the world. Mm-hmm. So in the game, you make sound to see. But we kind of have a we're kind of mean as a developer because even sound even though sound is your only resource to kind of find your way around the world, we made it so that the enemies actually track the sounds as well. That's right. So you make noise to see, but they also hear where you are. So there's always this balance between seeing and being seen. And right. this fun little thing, I'm not sure if you you realize we have a microphone input. Yes. So if you're talking real life or the game scares you, you actually scream physically scream. The, the monsters can hear it. Yeah, yeah. precisely. That's so, so good. That's yeah. such a great touch. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, which is why, like, the, I think Stifle as a uh, name sounds like looks works really well because yeah. you need to physically you're stifle yourself. To stifle yourself, yeah, your reaction yeah, 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 during precisely. the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, basically at the start of the game, the demo I played here, you find yourself in the aftermath of a car accident, and you are following your friend down into the tunnels below the earth. And every time you step, you see these waves of sound that kind of re- uh, show you the surroundings around you, but you don't want to be loud enough to bring the bad guys. So. Pretty much. Very yeah. cool. Yeah, 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 pretty much. So when is the game coming out? Um, so the game is targeted for 2017 release sometime this year. 
Uh, we don't have an exact date just yet, but it will be coming for the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation VR first. Oh, PlayStation VR, cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And do you see Steam, Oculus, that kind of thing uh, down the road? So currently, we can't really talk about it. Okay. So we are not, we're not sharing those information. We'll talk about it when we have more info to talk about. Basically. Excellent. But right now, just PlayStation and PlayStation VR. Okay. Yep. And do you have a price point for it yet? You know? uh, we can't discuss that just yet as well. Okay. Yeah, because like the So stay tuned, is... listeners. I'll post information about this yeah. on the Bone Bat website yeah, as soon as... Yeah, I'll, I'll provide the links for Gatai, and we'll make that happen. Cool, there. cool. Thank you so much, yeah. All right. So one last question we always ask all of our yeah. guests here on the Bone Bat Show. Um, what pisses you off, man? What pisses me off? I don't know. I'm actually... I think I'm a pretty chill person in general. I, I don't get pissed off too easily. Yeah. I'm surprised. I, I think maybe rude people, like people that are really rude, that, that really gets me. Yeah, it's like people check out the game and then it's like, oh, just like, yeah, I don't know. It's rude people in general just gets me. And then I'm quite okay. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thank cool. you so much for joining yeah, us on thanks. the Bone Bat Show. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Cool. Steve from the Bone Bat Show here at PAX 2017, and joining me now is Joe, the lead designer for Mother Gunship. How you doing, man? Fine. How are you? How's your show going? Oh, dude. You know, it's been awesome, but I'm tired. It's the end of the day. My feet hurt. I had no idea how much I needed to shoot a bunch of shit, and your <laughs> game was the perfect antidote for that. Good. I'm glad to hear it. We've been working hard to make something that is pretty uh, fun to shoot around things with, and so... Uh, yeah, it's Mother Gunship. It's a randomly generated roguelite-ish first-person shooter bullet hell. Super fast. But, uh, love the big guns, and they feel substantial when you're shooting. Like, there's a little kick, and it was just fun. All the robots are flying at you at 100 miles an hour, and you're blasting the hell out of everything. And I just had a blast shooting. Great. Well, thank no you so much. No pun intended. <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, we've been pretty excited about how this rece- uh, the feedback's been. In particular, people have been really enjoying that crafting menu. Um mm-hmm. Which that's where you get that feedback. You can you can claim some credit for that as well because you built a gun that was pretty over the top. And as a designer, as a developer, we wanted to give the players the toys to build the guns they want, and uh, then we get out of the way. We let them build crazy things with thirty barrels and you know like bounce mods everywhere, and we really make sure that the the uh, the crafting system and the player are allowed to speak with each other, and we stay out of the way as designers. But by the same token, it didn't feel like you were up against uh, unbeatable odds. That you, each time, you know, it was challenging, but still fun. You still would get past to the next level, and it steps it up and steps it up, and the intensity gets a little more. It's great. Awesome. Well, I hope that we can carry that feeling through for the full game. <laughs> so, speaking of the full game, uh, what is the release schedule? What is your thoughts on the game? Well, we're not talking about the actual release date yet, except to say that it is next year, 2018. Okay. So we're working hard. We're making progress every month. The build is getting stronger and stronger and stronger, and uh, we're looking forward to talking more about it. And basically, from here on out, you're going to be hearing more about Mother Gunship pretty regularly. Okay, what systems? Oh, PC, uh, PS4, and Xbox One. Fantastic. All right, man. One last question we always ask all of our guests on the Bone Bat Show. Joe, what pisses you off? What pisses me off? Uh... When a build breaks at the last minute, it makes me very sad. Right before a trade show. During a, sh- a convention? Right. Oh. No, that has not happened this show, but Thank it's goodness. something that always petrifies me whenever I go into a show. I'm like, it's, what's going to go wrong? So this show has been actually pretty smooth. All right. Well, thank you again so much for speaking with us on the Bone Bat Show. Awesome. No problem. Thanks for having me. So, dude, I wanted to ask you, uh, since we're talking oh, about yeah. video games, uh, what would you say are your top five favorite video games of all time? Well, when you sent me the befuddling text about this earlier, Steve, yeah, 
I thought it was video games slash video game type experiences. So this is how I'm going to answer this question. Steve. Yes. My earliest memory of having my mind blown by a video game mm-hmm. was the first time I played Battlezone. Really? It was okay. that, that three-dimensional, it just, it seemed so real to me. And it seemed like if I just played long enough, I could drive into the mountains and see what was beyond the plane that I was driving in now. <laughs> cool. I mean, that, that was such a... I was just, you know, such a little kid, and you, your imagination just goes wild. Even though there are only, like, four different kinds of enemies you can fight, that was awesome. Huh. Uh, in terms of just sheer fun, there was a period of time where you and me and some other people were playing Half-Life 2. And we all had different skins. We were dressing up like Santa Claus and Hitler and, and Hitler Santa Claus. And spray painting custom sprays on the walls, which usually involve, you know, rude pictures and bad words about each other. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was very, very much fun. Number three, no matter how you look at it, would have to be um, Serious Sam. Just that that was the first game where you're playing and it's just you're hanging on by the skin of your teeth and you have you kill hundreds or thousands of enemies and it but by the time it's over you've you've finished a level and you think i've only got two bullets left it couldn't possibly get harder than that you go through a door big pile of bullets and power-ups and then you fight an even harder group of bosses and it just kept ramping up serious sam so great and then really the the first honest-to-god real-time strategy game that didn't suck, that had you know things you could figure out and it didn't have pathfinding issues with StarCraft, StarCraft and Brood War. With you, over the dial-up internet, back in the day, very fond memories of that. And then possibly number one in terms of just sheer hilarity, that the time spent with you in a video game when I was just laughing my balls completely off, <laughs> was when we were at PAX together playing Mortal Kombat where they first <laughs> employed the like x-ray moves where you you just do the most horrendous move to someone and it would show an interior view of their <laughs> skeleton getting destroyed and organs getting ripped out. That, I, I still like smirk and smile thinking about that. <laughs> That's my top five. Nice. What about you, Steve? Well, you know, uh, the first game, because, like, I had an Atari back in the day, and I played the shit out of that, like, whatever game. But those games were, like, they weren't games that really had an ending to them, necessarily. You just play them and play them and play them and try to get a score. But they they didn't have a a beginning, a middle, and an end. And I remember when uh, we all pooled our money together, uh, some roommates and I, and got a NES, and... Super Mario Brothers was like the first game I ever played all the way through to completion, like finished a game and felt like, wow, I I accomplished something. I completed this game. So that was kind of the first one. I loved video games before that, but that was one where, you know, other than like text adventures and stuff like that, where you could kind of finish that. But that was the first one that I remember, you know, kind of knocking out. And then, you know... Kind of the game that was the precursor. I, I remember you saying Half Life. Uh, for me, playing the first Halo on the PC, 
like we had so much fun playing that especially that green sniper level where we would just play that for hours and make jokes and fuck around and that was kind of where the seed for the bone bat show came from because we were making each other laugh so hard that we were like oh dude i I wonder if anybody would ever want to hear this and that was sort of how we came up with the idea to do that uh again you were right about starcraft that's number three like starcraft i thought you were right about how you were gonna say i was right that no one would want to hear this no (laughs) funny no uh, starcraft we played a ton of and that was where i started to love the strategy games that was the first time i ever really remember playing a game kind of like that where you had different factions and you had to build up and you had to defend your base. And that was sort of a different kind of gaming that I hadn't experienced before, which I absolutely loved. So Starcraft is number three for me. Um, the game where I remember for the first time being like really disturbed and terrified while playing a game was playing Doom 3 in the dark. <laughs> and like demons are coming out of the walls and shit is oozing you go into the bathroom and like there's a jump scare in the mirror that game playing that just made my entire brain stand on edge (laughs) and i i will never forget like playing doom 3 the first time through and then Mass Effect, which I've played a ton of, which is such a just a rich universe. Boring. And yeah, you, not for everybody, maybe. But holy shit, I love spending time in that world, and I've spent a lot of it. So uh, I would say that that is my uh, my fifth game series that I really dig. So. All right. Cool. Well, it was great to talk to you about uh, all these awesome games. Considering this is our Paxisode. It makes the most sense to talk about it now. Absolutely. All right. So multimedia triage? Multimedia triage. Steve, you've been triaging your butt off with all your pack stuff. But let me tell you, I've been laying in front of my Xbox watching Netflix. (laughs) Okay. And a couple things. Uh, BoJack Horseman. New season on Netflix. I watched the whole damn thing. Frankly, I don't think that you would like the show, but I happen to love this show. It I is heard this a... season was really dark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's always been kind of a, sh- it's a, a funny show, but it's also a show about depression or sadness. But this year it just went, it, it was still that same theme, but it also, it took things to a, a really, really dark place at one point. Not going to give anything away. You should... You should just watch it. But it's done some some really brilliant things that it hasn't done in the past. There's uh, some of the minor characters like get their whole their own whole episode. There's a whole episode about Todd. There's a whole episode about Princess Caroline. And they, they do some neat things like there's one episode that takes place almost entirely in Bojack's head where he's trying to make decisions. He'll, someone will ask him a question and he'll try to figure out how to go about answering it and then it like bloop into his head and there's all this wacky different kind of animation going on there's storyline that takes place in the head of uh someone with dementia there's a whole big flashback to like bojack's mom's life when she was a little girl he's like in this old family house and her story's going on in parallel with his story in the present just so much neat stuff and uh, they continue to keep that show fresh they continue to have all kinds of top-notch 
talent doing the voices. And I, I, it's just a wonderful show. It's like nothing else on TV. And maybe you shouldn't check it out. Maybe you would like it. I don't know. But for a certain kind of person, it's it scratches a certain kind of itch. And it's, it's wonderful. And then on the other end of the spectrum, uh, season three of Rick and Morty is now out, which is absolutely fucking madcap. That show continues to amuse me to no end. It's crude. It's rude. It's creative as hell. But the most recent episode, the one set in the Citadel, really deep and, and really wonderful. And really, it was it was kind of a, a throwback to some really great movies that you've seen, like like cop dramas. Um, and God, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what else to say about the show that I haven't said already, except it continues to rock ass. And I'm glad it's not as obscure as it once was. I'm glad it's reaching a much wider audience now. That's it, and I've not been playing games because, as you say, I don't I don't like games, and except for XCOM two, which I can't play because I'm talking right now. Well, uh, I have been playing a little games. Uh, after PAX, I picked up Destiny two, which just came out. Uh, what? Electric Boogaloo last week. Uh, so I'm playing that. I'm about three quarters through the uh, beginning campaign. I you know. I'm sort of a campaign guy or with this game. I played quite a bit of Destiny, but uh, I don't I still don't really like playing PvP with other people. There's, How else would you play PvP? It's right, it's with the sharks though. I mean, th- those are guys that jump through the sky and you just die 50 times and you don't even know who killed you. I'm not good enough to play and it's not fun. So playing but playing the single player stuff and playing some of the raids, that's pretty fun. And so I enjoy sort of cutting out the PvP part of it. The co-op stuff is fun, and the first-person stuff is fun, just kind of the missions. So I'm enjoying that so far, uh, and uh, I look forward to playing a little Nightfall here soon. Uh, if anybody is interested in playing, I am Bonehand on Xbox. Uh, friend me, or send me a ping, and uh, I'd absolutely go into Fireteam with you and check some things out. That would be cool. Yeah, if you don't mind being on a team with someone who sucks at the game. Yeah, shut up. And uh, <laughs> speaking of video games, on the casual side, which Gordon likes to do, I've been playing a ton of a Marvel Puzzle Quest. And, you know, you can create alliances in Marvel Puzzle Quest to, to basically get more swag and to hand out swag to friends. So I created an alliance called The Bone Bat Show. So if anybody is interested in uh, playing some Marvel Puzzle Quest and would like to join an alliance, uh, you'll get free shit from me uh, as I accrue it because, you know, you finish an event and uh, you often get free stuff that you can share with friends and I will be glad to do that. So, uh, again, look for Bone Bat Show under the private alliances and uh, jump aboard. Wow, what a guy. Yeah. What a guy you are. Thank you. And then finally, uh, saw Stephen King's It this weekend. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. Just, I'm not going to spoil it. I thought it was a fantastic adaptation. The actor, Skarsgård, who plays Pennywise, is terrifying. It's really well done. We'll reconvene on this next show after you've seen it. Oh, good. And that's it. Okay, then. So should we wrap this up? Let's do it. All right, well... I've got a world to defend. 
Thank yous. Thank you, of course, to all the developers who shared their games with me at PAX this year. Uh, of course, thanks to Mega Rand for joining us on the show. Once again, you can find Mega Rand's music at random.bandcamp.com. And if you dug the Destiny 2 rap that we dropped during the show, courtesy of Creative Mindframe and Mega Rand, you can pick that up for absolutely free at creativemindframe.bandcamp.com. Thanks to the musicians behind Nidhog, Geotic, Osborne, Dose One, Daedalus, and Mux Mule, who did a wonderful job with this soundtrack. Uh, very cool stuff. You can purchase the Nidhog 2 soundtrack via Steam, or uh, you can get a good old-fashioned CD through Amazon.com. Again, we were playing it this whole show. I know you dig it, so pick that one up, too. And, uh, of course, thank you to Bit Brigade also for uh, sharing their music with us. You can find Bit Brigade's music at bitbrigade.com. Of course, they are going to be on tour in the Midwest this October. So check out the site for news and show information. You don't want to miss that. And. Our usual bullshit. You can reach the show at 425-296-6557 or via email to steve at bonehand.com. New content on bonehand.com every once in a while. It's also the home of the Heavy Half Hour. And my stuff, such as it is, is at MightyWombat.com. You can find us on the Facebooks as well. And Mighty Wombat has a Facebook page, too. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm Bonehand over there. We also have a Facebook group where we post music from bands we've featured, sweet deals, uh, etc., etc. So uh, you can follow that over there, as well as uh, festival news uh, when that's happening. Thank you again for listening. If you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. Our next episode, episode 158, will be our 10-year anniversary. That's right. We've been doing the Bone Bat Show for 10 freaking years. Good God. Isn't that insane? We'll try to find some awesome music for you to celebrate, and uh, you'll hear from us again in a couple of weeks. You will. So until then... Uh, we're going to close with The Beginning from Bit Brigade's Castlebandia 2 album. I hope you dig it. Thank you, and have a good one. I do have a good one.
That's your shit. Remember I told you you didn't have to worry about Shelly coming back in the room and fucking up the podcast? <laughs> 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 aren't you? Nope. So much All for right. that. Yeah, now she's going to be out of the room for minutes. <laughs> she can't resist now because... No, she can't. Like This oh, show wait. is super fascinating. Where's my collection of cowbells? <laughs> this is definitely <laughs> the best thing going on in your house tonight. I, I think it's underneath my pile of wind chimes down by where Gordon's podcasting. Be real quiet about it. It's in the fidget spitter box. <laughs> Wait, oh, is it under the gong? Yeah, there it is. 